When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. And uh, on such a, a weekend of monumental rugby, and I say that without hesitation, uh, I couldn't have two more apt panellists, I believe, than Mark Hinton and Jimmy Kays. Uh, Mark Hinton, good morning to you. What does this match, what does this rivalry mean to you with uh, your history of, of writing about the game? Yeah, it means a heck of a lot. It means a heck of a lot to all New Zealanders, doesn't it? Look, this is the special one. Um, and it's, look, it's been, a little, I won't say undermined, but I think a little bit of the gloss has been taken off it by what South Africa's done in the last couple of matches, losing to the Wallabies. But it's still special. It's, and it's special for multiple reasons, isn't it, Smithy? The hundredth test, the hundred years of this great matchup. Um, they can win the rugby championship and steal another title there. And just as a, for me, above all that, ultimate measuring stick for this team of Ian Fosters that is travelling so well in 2021. We couldn't have asked for anything more from them this year. Look, I, I was lining up with everyone else firing the barbs last year when they were very inconsistent. This year they have been absolutely fabulous and they are right on track. Um, in terms of what, you know, Foster's hoping to build for 2023. They are travelling very, very well, but I think this weekend and next gives us the best barometer just how good this All Blacks team is because we know the South Africans will front. We know they won't be the the rabble they were last week and the undisciplined unit they were the week before in losing those games to the Wallabies. So most of all, there's so much attached to this game. But for me, this tells me what I want to know about these All Blacks. Jimmy, in your perspective, uh, you know, you've, you've studied the history of the game uh, on many, many occasions. Uh, is it just a little different for you as well when you'll be sitting at home watching? It's a little different for a few reasons. Uh, and good morning to everyone. Um, you know, the fact that it's in Townsville and, and not in South Africa or in New Zealand. I mean, imagine this game at Ellis Park with another... Boeing jumbo jet going over the top or, or something like that. So that, that's a little bit sad. Um, listening to Mark, I mean, the first part of what he said about how they haven't been playing well, oh, I totally agree, and it makes me a little bit nervous because uh, chaps I can remember riding with some confidence in 2007 uh, ahead of the quarterfinal against France that the All Blacks had beaten France eight times in a row and France are a rabble and all that sort of thing. Uh, but as Mark said toward the end of his comments then, you know, South Africa, they're just such a good team, you can't really discount them. They are the world champions. They've been playing very, very poorly. Uh, and I certainly expect them to lose. And, 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 I, and 
you know, um, and I actually hope that the All Blacks give them a bit of a pasting, really, because I think that we need to show that, that the style of rugby that they're playing is, you know, look, it's got a place in the game, but it's not a style that I that I want to see. But, boy, oh boy, it makes me nervous when I start to get confident ahead of a test match against South Africa. They are a fantastic team. And, guys, we've, we've all been lucky enough to go to South Africa. There is, I don't think, anything that really matches... Um, you know, the feel of a test match at, at Loftus Versfeld or at Alice Park, just getting to some of these grounds is an achievement in itself and getting away from them. You know, there's some there's some great coliseums over there and, and, and I think playing New Zealand versus South Africa, as Mark said, it is the ultimate test. Um, you know, Sean Fitzpatrick said in the track I've done for Sky, you don't really measure yourself as an All Black until you've played South Africa and beaten South Africa. Mm. Yeah, well, those memories of Fitzy... Pounding the turf back, uh, and oh, uh, and those, uh, it was. Uh, uh, I mean, look. Well, let's look at that then, Jimmy. Is that perhaps is, is that our greatest achievement against the Springboks to this point? Yeah, I think it is. I, I, I definitely think it is. Um, you know, winning in South Africa was so hard to do up until that point, um, and that kind of broke the the shackles, didn't it? A little bit. Um, they were an incredibly well prepared team. They were they were a fantastic rugby side. I mean, any side that has Jonah Lomu sitting in the stands, you know it's got to be a good team. They'd won the last Tri-Nations test going into the series. Uh, so they actually played four test matches in a row. And uh, and, and that was a, a wonderful team against, you know, the world champions. Um, and I've been lucky in the last few days. I've spoken to Fitzy about it. I've spoken to John Preston about it. spoken to Kobus Visa, who was in the South African team. And man, the, the, it was just huge for those guys, you know. Absolutely huge. I mean, let's not forget, John Preston came on in that pivotal test match in Pretoria. He had no time to warm up. He came down the back of the stand, walked out onto the field to, to, to replace Simon Culhane, and his first touch of the ball was to kick a penalty. I mean, it, there was just drama everywhere. Fitzy talked about the last 10 minutes and, and how they'd gone toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow, and then in the last 10 minutes, they just had to defend and defend and defend, and, and, they, and they won it. And, and he thumps the ground. There is no... That's an iconic mm. moment in, in all black rugby, isn't it? Thumping the ground. It was it was mm. brilliant. What a series. What a series. What what about what about you, Mark? Uh, uh, is there a special moment for you, or, or even a, a a most respected Springbok that you could talk about? We so often talk about the All Blacks. Well, my my memories of uh, of watching the Springboks All Blacks go back. This dates me a little bit, but go back to nineteen seventy six. That's the first kind of All Blacks series that really stuck in my memory. Um, I was a young boy in Dunedin. I was probably, what was I, 76, 12, um, 11 or 12. Uh, I remember watching Laurie Maines, Targo's finest, rather struggling a little bit on that tour. Um, and just thinking how hard it was to win over there. I mean, it was a pretty good All Blacks team. I mean, it wasn't an epic sort of you know, generational type team, but they were pretty good. Um, and they just they just really struggled, and of course, you know the refereeing. It was the, they were the 16th men. How hard it was to be, not only beat the box, but to get calls going your way. So, so it stuck with me then just how difficult it was. And of course, we had the we had the uh, period where there just wasn't a lot of contest between the two countries. And and, and yeah, returning to '96, that was a special All Blacks team. They, they lost one test in two years. That's how good they were. Um, just a fabulous team. I know that it all came unstuck in 98, 99 for, for them. 
as people started to retire and drop out. But that team of, of 96 and 97 were very, very good, by far the best team in the world. And they struggled to win over there. I mean, it took everything they had. That's how hard it is. That's, you know, and since then, since then, the tables have turned, haven't they? Look, the All Blacks, I think, um, if we look through the record book, the All Blacks have won eight of the last 10 against the box and 16 of the last 20. So it, it, the history tells you, Smithy, that it's not as tough as it was, and it probably isn't. But if you look at, at those scores of those games, so many close games, and you look at how many of those games in the last 10 or so years especially in South Africa, have gone deep into the contest into the last five to ten minutes. The All Blacks have had to make big plays to win and have been good enough to do it. Look, it is a fan, fantastic rivalry. It's not quite as, as, as even as it once was, but the, this is still the team that I believe pushes the All Blacks the hardest. And I think back to that 96 series, as Jim so eloquently spoke about, um, it really did leave an abiding memory on, I think, all... All All Blacks fans, all fans of rugby, just how captivating and how difficult that series was um, to take part in, and how special, how special it was. I, you know, it still rings out. And I think, um, despite the All Blacks' dominance, I, like Jim, expect the box to front. I expect them to revert to type, and I expect them to push the All Blacks deep into this contest, but not be good enough to win it. Mark Hinton and Jim Hayes with us at the moment. We'll take a short break uh, for the news with Trudy when we come back. A, a couple of other issues. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yeah, Mark Hinton and Jimmy Hayes with us uh, this morning. Uh, part two now of the panel. And uh, Jim, uh, it's been interesting. Uh, Israel Adesanya has been uh, throwing a few blows outside the ring at the New Zealand government in particular. Yeah, I I can understand his frustration, but I think it's a step too far when you start accusing people of things like racism. Um, you know, what he's upset about is that some of his UFC mates weren't able to train together and that they've struggled to get MIQ coming back from their fight from their fights. And he sort of pointed the finger at cricket and rugby and said, oh, it's all very well for cricket and rugby, you know, they, they get theirs. Well, I mean, they booked theirs well, you know, 10 months in advance, and, and even then they've been struggling. Rugby league's been struggling. Everyone's been struggling. Everyone is struggling. I don't think it's, it's, it's fair, it's accurate, and really it's, it's, it's a Kiwi way of doing things to come out calling people racist just because your particular mates can't get an MIQ spot. I think he's, he's off the mark there. I think it's disappointing from him. Not overly surprising. Um, but, yeah, I looked at that and thought, mate, you haven't done yourself, yourself a service there because there's a lot of people that can't get MIQ and it's certainly not racism. Um, Mark Hinton, let's go to basketball briefly. Uh, announcement during the week uh, that they're going to add to the, the French flavour already there with uh, the Sky New Zealand Breakers uh, next year with the signing of Hugo Besson. This is exciting. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're building a really interesting team. Uh, you know, big news this week with the release of Ty Webster around his anti-vaccination stance. Um, you know, that, that sort of rang true. And I think it's a wee bit of a peek about what's coming down the line across all sports in the next year or so. Um, but that they've replaced Ty Webster with, um, with some quality. This kid, 20 years old, about 6'5", uh, combo guard, plays both the point guard and two guard. Real quality, led the French second division um, in, in scoring, which is a you know pretty decent sort of 
uh, up-and-coming tight league in Europe. Um, he, he's quality. They've got a quality American, a veteran American point guard. They're going after um, a third import now with the money that Ty Webster freed up. So they're, they're building a really good roster, um, Smithy. And another kid to keep an eye on, another French kid, uh, 18 years old, Ousmane Dieng, picks to go number 14 in next year's NBA draft. Breakers... Uh, attempting to become the first team outside of, I think, the US to to put two people into the NBA uh, draft um, in the first round of the NBA draft next year. So they could have two people that go into into the biggest league in the world off the back of seasons in the Australian NBL. That's how good these two are. This other kid, Usman Dieng, 18 years old, six foot ten, plays the guard spot basically, or is a sort of a two-three man on the basketball court. They have a lot of young, exciting talent and a glimpse of sort of the way basketball's going. Now looking at Europeans as much as Americans to bring in and add to the local flavour. So really it's going to be a really interesting squad, a uh, nice balance of experience and this youth, this 20-year-old, this 18-year-old, they're going to be re- guys on the way up. So um, if they can actually get a season going, because uh, under the COVID cloud it is not easy, they'll be worth watching. Interesting point you raised too uh, about the freedom of choice to have a vaccine or not to have a vaccine mark in a team sport environment. That's what this has boiled down to, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, the really interesting thing here is that uh, leagues and teams are not making the rules here, are not setting mandates. They're leaving it to governments to effectively do that. They don't, they don't believe they are going to have to because basically if you... Um, are not uh, going to be vaccinated, you are not going to have freedom of travel and effectively not going to be able to play professional sport. So, um, yeah, watch this space. Ty Webster's uh, the, the first in a major sport, I believe, but he is definitely not going to be the last. And we're already seeing it crop up in the NRL. And guys, if that's not news, just to jump in on that. I mean, Smithy, you've done this trip. If you go to, mm. if you go to Argentina and then go from there to South Africa, you need to have a yellow fever jab. So, you know, having a vaccination is not new in terms of travel, and some of these uh, professional athletes will just need to get their heads around the, the fact that if they want to continue in the sport, they're going to have to get jabbed up. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, and for folks at home, by the way, if you're, if you're in your BP station, your Super H, your supermarkets, you will find uh, on the bookshelf section uh, New, New Zealand Rugby's latest publication, uh, it's written by a bloke by the name of Jimmy Kays. It's called Rugby's New Zealand's Greatest 15. Uh, tell us uh, a wee bit about your book, Jim. Oh, thanks, Ian. It's, um, well, it's off the back of the, the show that we did uh, on the breakdown where, you know, between the, a panel and the public, they picked their Greatest 15, and I've written about the 75 uh, Greatest All Blacks. Um, it's been fascinating, absolutely fascinating to go back and, and remind yourself on, on just how wonderful some of the players are uh, from back in the day, um, and you know, boy, we've had some depth of players, and, and you just wonder. You know, I think I firmly believe that if you take a great player from any era, they'll be a great player in today's era. You know, if you'd had Fred Allen, who only played a handful of Test matches, and you put him into this modern environment, he'd be brilliant. How good would Colin Meads have been with proper training and uh, nutrition, and and being able to just dedicate himself to playing rugby? So. It's been wonderful to write. I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, it's on sale um, across a wide range of, you know, shops, as, as you say. So hopefully people get out there and buy it. And, and, and hopefully they disagree with some of the, the selections because mm. that's the beauty of sport, isn't it? We can all have an opinion on who's the greatest. 
well, I think the greatest festival has been sorted, but, you know, the greatest whoever it is and, and, and have a discussion and a debate about it. And, and that's, that's what I love about sport. And, mate, I can give a, I'll give a copy away on your show. You, you decide uh, who your best caller is over the morning and uh, let me know and we'll send them a copy of the, of the book. Uh, Jim, very generous, mate. Thank you very much. We will certainly do that. Um, folks, uh, look out for that book, New Zealand's Greatest 15. Uh, and it's uh, in BP's service station, Superettes, Supermarkets. Jim Kays, thank you very much for your time this morning. Mark Hinton, also thank you very much. And fellas, uh, I know how much this test match is, uh, how special it's going to be for you as much as anybody else. Uh, enjoy the weekend of sport. Thank you. That was the panel here on SENZ.